Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Yarniacs podcast. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we're recording early, as in ahead of schedule today. It is March 28th and we are recording early because our children are on spring break next week and that would make it very loud to record next week. Yeah, a little distracting too. So we figured we'd get one under our belt, try to stick to the regular schedule since we're having so much fun with this. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, what are you wearing? What am I wearing? Well... It's rainy today, cloudy out, and I am wearing my impregnable Noro crayon sweater. (laughs) (laughs) Is it like wearing a shield? (laughs) It is. It is. I knit this sweater way back in November of 2003, according to my Ravelry Projects page. And looking at it, I don't even have a very good photo of it, probably because I took the photo before Ravelry. 2003? 2003. Wow. Yeah. I took, so the photo was from way back then. So it's before Ravelry. So I didn't take that. I, I wasn't as particular about taking good photos, but I did find one on my hard drive. I remember when I put this page up. So it's up there and the pattern is called Rosedale and it is from the fall edition of Nitty 2003. Did I say that already? I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. Twice is better than but not enough. It is an intentionally oversized jacket made out of Noro Crayon yarn, which is a yarn with very long striping pattern. Color repeats. So color repeats, yes. Right. But it's long repeats. So rather than having the small narrow stripes like you see in the self-striping socks you can go across a garment and it will stripe um this one i didn't look up the colorway but it's grays and blacks reds a little bit of fuchsia thrown in there's always a little surprise in the noro colorway it looks like a little bit of olive green and, yeah, yeah yeah and like a little tiny bit of bright green and yeah, a tiny exactly. bit of yellow there's always a little surprise in there and I laugh when I say it's impregnable because I feel like I could wear this sweater out in a storm and nothing would go through it. And I guess it's probably because it's felted over the years. Those of you that felt probably know that Noral Crayon is one of those yarns that felts really well in a washing machine. And it felts really well when you wear it, too. Not in a bad way. No, it doesn't look no. felted in the, yeah, in the yeah. typical sense. Not, not in a bad way. I, it could use a sweater shaving I'm but noticing. considering <laughs> it's nine years old that amount of pilling i think is pretty insignificant yeah, for a nine-year-old it's, sweater it's pretty hardy yarn um i probably would not use it again looking at my notes on ravelry i noticed that i put in some notes way back in 2009 noting how unhappy i was with the number of knots in this game oh. and i have heard that from other knitters but other than that, you like the sweater. Other than that, I like the sweater. I probably would not make this sweater again. Um, if you look at the original pattern on Nitty, something that stands out to me right away is that there are only two small pictures of portions of the sweater and then only a full-size frontal of the sweater. There's oh. no different views of the sweater oh which is strange because now there are so many views of sweaters and you can look it up on Ravelry and Mm -hmm. see everybody else's pictures so I don't know how how I picked it originally I guess I liked it but if I had to do it all over again I would wait to see more photos of the sweater I think 
But also, wouldn't you say over the last nine years that your style, preferences, and sweaters has oh, changed? Oh, yeah. Right? Absolutely. Because nine years ago, we were still just finishing having children. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I still wear it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a great go-to sweater when it's cold because mm-hmm. this yarn is very warm. Well, and it's a very cute sweater, but I'm just thinking in terms of what you typically choose lately over the last couple of years. Probably different. It's different, yeah, right? Probably different. Probably. Okay. What are you wearing, Gail? I am wearing my Cassis sweater, which is a pattern by Baby Cocktails, also known as Thea Coleman. That would actually be her real name, <laughs> which I knit about a year and a half ago in Madeline Tosh DK, and it's in the colorway Fragrant, which is a pink tonal with, I would say, hints of brown in it, mm-hmm. and I love the sweater. I knit it bigger than the pattern, so longer Mm -hmm. than the pattern. It's another one of my ripping nightmares because I had actually finished the entire body and put it on and didn't like how it gapped. I forgot about it. (laughs) Yeah. My upper body is smaller than my lower body, as in my hips are wider. So when the sweater was finished full length, I didn't like the way it gapped when I closed it in the front with a belt. Right, because it was knit more straight. Right, there was no shaping to it. So I ripped it back, I don't know, like 14 inches or something horrifying. Ripped a lot. Yeah, so that I could put increases in from the waist down. And I'm very happy that I did, although... Every time I put the sweater on, I think to myself, Gail, you knit this about four inches too long. So I easily could have shortened it. It looks more like a coat when I put well, it on. Well, it grew when you blocked it, too. That's true, I too. Yeah, and I don't think I ever put it in the dryer, which in hindsight, I would do that. You know, next time mm-hmm. I block it, it will mm-hmm. go in the dryer. But it has nice long sleeves that are kind of bell-shaped at the ends, which I really like because it keeps my hands warm. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful, beautiful sweater, and I it really, really she love it. Lots of comments on it when she wears it. Yeah, the colorway is incredible. Yeah, it is. It was funny, the day that I picked the colorway, I actually went into Imagine It's, this amazing yarn store in San Francisco, the first time I had ever been there. I had just finished a really big project at work, so I was rewarding myself (laughs) with real yarn. I had never knit with Natalie and Tosh before, and I decided, okay, I'm just going to walk in the store, and I don't care how much it costs. If I find a yarn I like, I'm just going to go for it. And I kept being attracted to Fragrant. It was in different parts of the main room of the store because it was by different weights. I kept walking directly to Madeline Tosh Fragrant. Oh no, it's not the weight that I want. I'd turn around, walk to it on another wall. Turn around, walk to it on another wall. It was uncanny how I kept just beelining straight for this color. And it looks slightly different on different yarn bases It does. But still, it was just calling, literally (laughs) calling to me that day. And they didn't have enough for this letter. So I left brokenhearted because I was so prepared to actually spend a lot of money on yarn and reward myself and couldn't do it. So in the car on the way home, I was using my iPhone <laughs> to shop online for yarn. I remember yeah. that. And I ended up ordering it from Webs. I remember that. You ordered it in the car on the I way did. home and then you texted me. I just ordered yarn. <laughs> Literally in the car. So I I ordered it from Webs. I was so excited. And then the very next morning, they sent me an email saying, we're sorry, it is not in stock. And I was heartbroken. But that same day, ordered it from Jimmy Bean's Wool. They had enough. And here it is. Yeah. So (laughs) this was a reward sweater. And I love it. And as you may have guessed, I've been hooked on Madeline Tosh pretty much ever since. (laughs) So that is what we're wearing. 
So what have you been stalking? Stalking. Okay, I am stalking two things. I have, speaking of Madeline Tosh, four skeins of the Tosh Tosh Merino Light. I was blanking. I'm looking at it sitting here on the table. Tosh Merino Light Yarn in the Briar Colorway. And I am considering making the sweater that Gail just made very successfully, the Laika sweater. And I have my swatch sitting here, which I am comparing to Gail's sweater. And looks like I'm going to have to go down a needle size. We'll see. But I'm, I've just been stocking pat, potential projects, potential patterns for that yarn. And I've been looking on Ravelry, and of course, like I mentioned before, great resource. There are two Ravelers who have knit that sweater in the Tosh Merino light, and I PM'd them both asking whether they would knit the sweater and that yarn again, whether the yarn has held up well, etc., etc. And both of them responded with a resounding yes. They loved the yarn, they loved the sweater. Well, they still love the yarn, they still love the sweater, and the yarn has held up surprisingly well for a single ply. Yay! So, I may have my green light. We'll see. And she has <laughs> been talking about what to knit with this yarn for quite some yes, time. So, yes, it's yes. very exciting to see the culmination of all I love the research. That. I love the briar colorway. It's really just pretty. beautiful. Just beautiful. It's a, How would you describe that? It's a dusky purple or lavender. It's not an not Easter lavender, egg yeah. lavender. It's it's a darker, richer. Yes, purple. but it's not a royal purple. No. It's something in between. Dusky was good. I like yeah, that adjective. Dusky. <laughs> I like that. And it has hints of brown to it. It reminds yeah. me kind of of the fragrant, but with a dusky purple instead of yeah, with a pink yeah so it's definitely. very very pretty definitely and i have to congratulate charlene on her amazing patience because i am the other end of the spectrum i am very <laughs> impatient and when i have a yarn that i'm just dying to use i tend to jump into a pattern probably more quickly than i should <laughs> so she has been researching this well, she's had the yarn for quite a while and i'm very proud of her abilities because i don't share them <laughs> you know what it is i can tell you exactly what it is the yarn has almost fallen into the category of too special to use oh got it okay <laughs> where i want to find the perfect 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 project for it okay now so. i understand but you just generally speaking you have that patience that i like i do like to match things up. Yes. 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 So, so. Yay for you. <laughs> the second thing I'm stocking is a pattern called Flaming June by Cheryl Hey, me too. Nymeth. Oh, you are? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we've been talking about this. It's from the Spring-Summer 2012 Knitting Magazine. And the reason I am stocking it is because one of my favorite knitters was in the shop where I work, and she picked out some misty alpaca, alpaca, excuse me, tonos pima silk for her flaming June, and she picked out a really beautiful, I don't, bluey turquoisey color for the body, and then a multicolored for the bottom band. Mm -hmm. Where in the pattern picture it's orange, and of course, I didn't. I helped her pick it out. I loved the combo. Kept thinking, oh, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. Woke up the next morning with the desire to knit one for myself. Okay, I have to argue with you. <laughs> I think you had the desire 
the day before you woke up with that Maybe. because I was in the yarn Maybe. store visiting you and you were telling me look at the great combination yeah. she picked out isn't this great it has me thinking and we were walking around the yeah. store comparing other things I think it just took 12 or so hours to really sink in yeah yeah I guess <laughs> so so you're also stalking this I as am. well good segue <laughs> yes flaming june is at the top of my stalking list right now I'm actually considering knitting it in my Tosh Merino light in oh, okay. the kelp colorway, okay. which is a really pretty tealy color. Yeah. And I'm thinking maybe a dark gray for the bottom border. Oh, nice. So I'm, that's high up on my stalking list. It's already in my queue. I'm already salivating over the, <laughs> the combo. <laughs> but I'm also stalking two other things. First is yarn related. I splurged and bought some of the new Madeline Tosh Pashmina Worsted, which oh, is one yes. of their non-retail bases. You Here can only get it in the Madeline Tosh online shop. I ordered three skeins in the Tarte colorway, which you've heard me talk about before. And it's one of their most popular colors. Yeah, it's their red tonal, beautiful color. So I am considering a wrap because this yarn is so mm. soft, it wants to be around my neck. And the Guernsey wrap is at the top of the list right now, but Topiary by Michelle Wang is up there. The Mara Shawl, which is a free Madeline mm. Tosh pattern, is at the top the of the Mara list. Shawl. I don't have quite enough yarn for either of those three patterns. And the Guernsey wrap, that's by Stephen West, right? I think so. So those are the top three for that yarn right now. And I think for all three of them, I can modify the pattern to make do with the amount of yarn that I oh, have. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so, the Guernsey wrap would be easy because you just knit it as long Until as you, you ran out of yarn. Yeah. But if any of you listening have ideas of some beautiful wrap or shawl for approximately 630 yards of delicious, almost worsted weight yarn, I'd love to hear your suggestions. Oh, and I just want to add in a correction. The Guernsey Guernsey wrap is a pattern by Jared, Jared Flood from Brooklyn Tweed. Thank you. As soon as you said a correction, it occurred to me. It's Jared Flood, not Stephen West. I'm sorry. The second thing I'm stalking is the Adrift cardigan by Carol Feller. It is fingering weight is what's called for in the pattern, but Tosh or Tash, I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce your name, on Ravelry she knit hers in Madeline Tosh Prairie, which is a lace weight hmm. yarn, and hers is beautiful. That would be nice. Right, so I picked up two skeins of Prairie nice. in the forestry colorway at Charlene's store last week. The yarn store where she works is the Swift Stitch in Santa Cruz. And I, every time I've walked into the store over the last few months, I've been drawn to this beautiful green, yes. <laughs> slightly blue um, colorway. And finally, I just, it's like you woke up the next morning yeah. wanting yeah. to knit Flaming June. You I woke up the next morning saying, I really have to have that yarn. Yeah. So I went in and I got that, and I'm really looking forward to knitting that as well. I've knit with Prairie before, and I love it. It's a beautiful single-ply lace weight yarn that really, there's something about that base that it really holds and highlights colors very very beautifully it reflects yeah it it's has, something about the base isn't yeah, it yeah yeah it just has a quality to it and it's a single ply. it is a I single ply correctly. but there's something about it that it just pops very differently from the other yarns yeah i've for people who haven't tried madeline tosh yet and are looking <laughs> forward to trying it 
If you like knitting with lace weight yarn, I recommend Prairie just because of the depth of color in that base. So that would be my recommendation. So that's what I'm stocking. Okay. Very excitedly stocking too. I'm just <laughs> very excited about it. So what are we actually knitting? What am I knitting? Very quick segment for me. I think I'm knitting the same things I was knitting last week, which is traveling sweater. Yeah, both of these things. Traveling sweater for sure. I'm knitting the skirt portion of the jacket, which goes up all the way around as well. It's unusual construction, but this portion is made up of short rows, and these short row wedges are just addicting. Each, oh. each short row section, well, there are four little short row sections to each wedge, and there are eight wedges to make up the circle that goes around of the sweater. And I am on, I think I'm on the fifth wedge. I might be on the sixth wedge, actually. Sixth of eight. Yeah. Okay. And these little short row sections are just addicting because they're super fun. You have to knit 11 rows at first straight. So you knit all the stitches, but then the rows just get shorter and shorter and faster and faster and <laughs> super addicting. Fun. And really fun. It is fun. But last weekend, I was just knitting on it so much that I woke up one day and my wrists were sore and I was stretching and doing exercises. I was just too much ribbing, too long. You and I are the same this week. <laughs> I was a little obsessive. Well, and also there was an extra basketball game. And so extra basketball game just means more knitting time for me. So I had to put that down and I picked up my Ginkgo Shoulderette Shawl, which is the pattern that I think I might have started about the same time and pushed it aside when I got mm -hmm. addicted to knitting the traveling sweater wedges. But I did manage to finish the knitting on the Ginkgo Shoulderette Shawl, and I still have to block it. So it, it does need some extensive, rather extensive blocking because it has leaf shapes along the bottom border which need to be pinned out. So definitely can't wear it until I block it. But those are the two things I've been working on. How about you? My segment will be short as well. <laughs> I did cast on for Fuse. And Yay. I've been enjoying that immensely. Mm -hmm. But just like you and your sore wrists, I have created a sore hand syndrome for myself, which mm -hmm. is something I've never had happen before. I may have had it happen like for short, very short mm -hmm. periods of time. But Fuse calls for knitting the sleeves first. And I chose to knit them on a very short mm -hmm. diameter circular needle that has metal tips. It's an Addy lace circular needle. And... I think the combination of the very tiny circular diameter and the metal tips mm -hmm. has my hands aching. I mean, my mm -hmm. knuckles all along the top of my knuckles, especially on my right hand, are very, very sore. So I have also been doing a lot of stretching. Luckily this week, I haven't had much work work to do. So I've been doing a lot of yard work, which requires a lot of squeezing to pull weeds out of the ground and things which like that. So I know I was saying that to myself when I was done in the yard yesterday. So I've really been focusing on stretching my hands a lot the yeah, last few days. I have been too. And yesterday I did put the second sleeve down unfinished, which is very difficult for me to do. And I cast on for the body, which has um, similar short row construction in the very beginning. So that true, was fun doing the little corner. That's true. Yeah. And I'm enjoying Fuse a lot. It's really a fun knit so far. So that is what I've been focusing on with Buttercup still happening in the background, but that's, again, my meeting knitting for the most part. So that's what I've been knitting. 
All right, what have you finished this week? Only a very small project. I knit a preemie hat one night oh. when we were at a basketball game, one of my boys' basketball games, and that is it. I knitted in some leftover Tofutsi sock yarn, which I am now calling the never-ending ball of Tofutsi sock Is that the yarn. one I gave you it a long time ago? It is the one you gave ago. me years and years ago, <laughs> and I made socks for myself out of it, which I still wear. But I think I might have made another preemie hat out of it previously, and I feel like the what's left over never gets any smaller because it looks like I'll <laughs> still be able to get two more preemie hats out of it. So that's just going into the bag. It'll be donated at some point. The other project that I've finished is actually knitting-related, but not actual knitting. I have actually entered... To the best of my knowledge, I have now entered all of my books and magazines into oh, my nice. library in Ravelry. Yay! Yeah, that is a huge accomplishment. <laughs> I've never huge, even tried to do that. It was a huge accomplishment, and I've been trying to do it over the past couple of years. But magazines show up on your doorstep, so and you then I get current. confused. and. I usually keep all my magazines together, but what happens is when I go back to refer to one, it ends up in the pile by my knitting chair. I know exactly And then exactly that pile grows and grows and grows, <laughs> and then those have to go back into the office at some point, but then everything is mixed up. Which magazines have I entered? Which have I not entered? So I needed to do some rearranging the other day. And I pulled them all out, and I had actually entered a lot of the magazines previously, so it went really quick. I only had a couple years that I had to update. And I had done books before, so most of my books were in there, but I think they're all there. So I feel like that's a huge, huge accomplishment. I would think so, too, and I should actually do that because when we were talking about our Cascade 128 long ago, mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out which issues of interweave knits oh. I had and yeah. I know I have some that I can't find yeah. well even if I had them in my Ravelry library that wouldn't mean I could find the magazine when I was at home so that's I true, know I but at least it. you'd know you'd have that's right it. so yeah, yeah I mean, good job that's there are a couple reasons why this is really necessary or why this is very helpful I shouldn't say necessary but why it's very helpful and this falls under the categories of what Gail has kind of referred to in the past as tips for yarnies, it's kind of a tip because if you do put all of your magazines and books in Ravelry, when you go to search for a pattern, you have the option of clicking in my library. Ooh. So say, for example, I have a skein of Cascade 220 and I want to find all of the hats that I already own patterns for, I can click my options and then click the option for in my library and it will show me what patterns I own. Oh, so it's, nice. it's really nice because it's kind of horrifying when you look, not horrifying, but it's shocking when you look and after you've entered all this information in there, it gives you a number of patterns you own. So I own 2,000 plus patterns. Oh, because it counts every <laughs> it counts pattern every in single each pattern. magazine in each book. Yeah. And that was a little shocking. You realize, oh, that's a really good from my own pattern though. library. <laughs> right, because when I was looking for the issues of interweave knits for things for the Cascade 128, mm -hmm. 
I was looking at each of the hat patterns. Oh, I could mm, knit that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could knit that. Mm-hmm. I have yarn for that. Mm-hmm. And I actually did the opposite of that. I went in and faved them in oh, Ravelry because yes. I knew I had it at home yes. and I added my own tag, have pattern. Yes. Well, so I could do the reverse of that yes. and it would have been so much yes. faster. And see, there's a new library interface with Ravelry too and you can create your own custom sets. So I was thinking... If you're like me, you have a stack of magazines, and sometimes I'll pull out a magazine, and I'll have post-it notes stuck <laughs> exactly. on the pages of magazines <laughs> with patterns that I would like to use at some point in the future, or maybe I've marked pattern as a great gift idea, or quick knits. I could create a custom set in Ravelry called Quick Gift Knits. Oh, when I have that magazine, I tag or I add that pattern to my set, which is something different than, say, faving a pattern or cueing it. Right. It's It's another way to group things. It's just another way of grouping things. For us organization junkies. Yes, an organizational choice. I mean, not everybody wants to do this, but I could create a custom set that says possible gifts or quick knits, whatever, and then as I have my magazine in my hand be clicking on the pattern in Ravelry and add that tag to it. So it's just another Great way, tip. another, yeah, yeah, another way of finding your own resources. Because it's really hard some, you know, if you're thinking, I want to make a hat, and then you may not necessarily want to go through that pile of magazines exactly. looking at all your post-its. Exactly. <laughs> So what have you finished? Okay, I finished two things. I finished, well, I cast on and finished the hat. Last week we talked about knitting hats for Kelvin, our Mm -hmm. friend. I knit the Siemens cap by Brenda Zuck, Z-U-K, and that is a free pattern available on Ravelry. I used about 250 yards of a DK weight yarn. That was my Madeline Tosh DK twist in Onyx. That was leftover yarn from the sweater I knit for my husband. And it was... A very, very nice knit. It was, it resulted in a very, um, I don't want to say plain, but it is plain in a good way. Manly hat. It's simply ribbing that folds up for a brim and then stockinette with a nice um, decrease along the top of the crown. So I highly recommend that as a nice, free, quick knit. It was Mm -hmm. very quick and very enjoyable. And the other thing I finished was my ballerina shawl, which I adore. (laughs) It's so, so pretty. It turned out bigger than I thought it would, so I would qualify it more as a shawl than a shawlette, which is nice. So I think I actually could tie it around my waist as a skirt. Uh So it, of course, wouldn't be a concealing skirt because of the lace pattern. (laughs) It would look pretty. And... I highly recommend that pattern. That one, again, is by Fickle Knitter, also known as Michelle Miller. And it they are doing a knit-along for it on her group right now up until May 1st. Plenty of time between the time you hear this podcast and May 1st to get that knit. I think I did it in roughly a week, and I knit Calvin's hat during that same time. So you could easily get it done in a matter of a couple of weeks. It's a very fun knit. I loved the knit on edging. I was going to say, say something about the edging. I really like that it. Looked, that's really nice. Yeah, I so like basically that. you knit the entire body of the shawl as a triangle, triangle shape. And then at the end, you cast on, I think it was 20 stitches, and you knit back and forth those 20 stitches. So you knit down, and when you knit back up, you knit 
the last stitch of that row with a live stitch from the body of the shawl. So you get a perpendicular edging that is 20 knit stitches long that goes all the way around the triangular, two sides of the triangle of the shawl. And it's really pretty. It has some um, bobbles in the edging. And in the knit along, someone made the point that she does not like knitting bobbles there and would rather point her or poke like her eyes out with her needles instead bobbles. of knit bobbles. And Michelle had the brilliant idea of, well, why don't you add a bead mm -hmm. where the bobble should be, mm -hmm. which was very clever and would be another beautiful um, edging to this particular mm -hmm. shawl. So I highly recommend the pattern. Very well written, very easy to follow, very right. fun knit, great resulting shawl which i know i will get a lot of wear out of yay. so yay i love my new shawl so that's, that's awesome those are the two things i've finished i'm very proud of myself so we did want to add a special segment to this episode don't we yeah in response to a lot of questions we have received both in our ravelry group which we hope you join and charlene you've been pm'd by individuals a couple of people yeah, yeah and it's really interesting what we're talking about is repurposing yarn specifically from sweaters that I have knit or garments we have ourselves knit as opposed to going out and purchasing a sweater for that specific use. So we know that you've repurposed a couple sweaters because you've talked about it on the podcast and I did repurpose a hat that I hadn't yes. ever worn. So what are some of the specific questions you've received? Okay, well, questions I've received have had to do with how to unravel and I'm not exactly sure I understand what people are asking but if a sweater is knit in pieces I always look for the tail the tails of yarn to sew the pieces together I always take the pieces apart and when I sew in ends I always leave a little bit of a tail sticking out because if I snip it down to nothing where you can't see it, that little tiny bit always pops up on the right side of the sweater. The same thing happens to me. So right. I always leave a little tail. So I don't have a problem finding my ends. I suppose it could be a problem if you're able to snip your yarn that close and really disguise it. But I guess I'm just not that neat. So you can see my ends. You can find them. But if you did snip it and you couldn't find the end of the tail, for example, if you were working on a sleeve, couldn't you snip the border of the sleeve, the very edge of the cuff, and you might lose a little bit of yarn by doing that, you but can, that would be a good place to start, wouldn't it? You could snip your bind off. Yeah. As long as, yeah, as long as that's where you bound off, you probably could. So I'm, any bound <clears throat> off portion of a garment, yeah, you could when snip. Yeah, because when you unravel, it's always going to be better to unravel from the bound off edge you're going to have trouble going the opposite direction. Right, the opposite direction. You'd have to undo each stitch manually as opposed right, to just pull right, and pull and right, pull and it will unravel. Right. Like so that Weezer song, if you want to destroy my sweater, just oh. hold this thread while I walk away. <laughs> oh, yeah, funny. Okay, so, yeah, and I always look for worn areas in the sweater. You obviously cannot do this to a sweater that has felted. You can't, you probably wouldn't want to do this to a sweater that has lots of worn areas. You could do it to a sweater that had a few worn areas and then just snip that yarn out. Um, that I think that would probably be a good use for a yarn, for, a, for repurposing 
yarn from a fairly worn sweater. From a worn sweater, yeah. But a You'd felted have to garment, you could actually use that to knit a bag or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, yeah, that's that's a whole well, other thing. <laughs> one of our friends um, from Knit Night, she accidentally felted a sweater of her daughter's, and she used the sleeves oh, yeah, to make right. fingerless mitts for herself, yeah. which I thought was incredibly clever. Yeah. So different things you can do with things that you have either yeah. intentionally or unfortunately unintentionally right. felted, which right. most of us have done at least once. Right. Hopefully only once. Yeah. <laughs> so what I usually do is once I have unraveled, I'll usually unravel into a ball, wind things up into a ball as I go. And then what you'll want to do is rehank the yarn, put the yarn into the big, wide coils mm -hmm. so that you can wash it. And how you know? do you go from the ball to the hank? Um, you can unwind a ball onto a chair, onto a swift. And I did it over my own arm, kind of yeah. like you would do with an extension cord. Yeah, you'll always want to make it bigger than you think you have to. <laughs> That makes sense. <laughs> that's that's the way I think of it because I always think, okay, if I want the hank this big and then you wind it this big, it always shrinks down. So you always wind it a little bit bigger and then... So into a larger hank. Into a larger hank, yeah. And then I'll tie it together. Since I'm going to soak it at this point, I'll usually put four or five ties around the yarn to hold, to hold it that together. hold into its shape. Yeah. And then I'll soak it, soak it, soak it, and... Either squeeze it dry, or you can run it through a spin cycle in a washing machine. Would you put a hank in the spin cycle I in a washing machine? Oh, really? And it I didn't have. tangle? No, you know. Oh, wow. No. I, I can't so remember. nervous about that. I can't remember if I put it in a pillowcase. I may have put it in a pillowcase, or I may have just run it through. I can't remember. But I put, you know, I, I tie it together right. pretty good, and then hang it up to dry. And the way I do that is I commonly hang my hanks over those plastic hangers and if it looks particularly kinky sometimes I'll take another plastic hanger and hang it on the bottom of the yarn for to help it straighten out because you don't want to put too much weight on the yarn because you don't want to stretch it out but hanger sometimes it helps and sometimes I'll leave it on just for half a day or something and then take it off and usually at that point the yarn is not it has relaxed and it doesn't have that kinky kinky um, texture Shape, right. that it does when you unravel yarn. Okay, so I have a specific question for mm -hmm. you. I repurposed the air light from my cloudy day beret, right, which I mentioned right. on our last, last podcast. Right. I wound it into a ball, then I hanked it, then I tied the hank so that it wouldn't come unraveled, mm -hmm. then I soaked it for a couple hours, I think, mm -hmm. rolled it up in a towel, stomped on it, hung it outside to dry, mm -hmm. and I did put plastic hangers, I think two, on mm -hmm. the bottom because it was very kinked. Mm -hmm. And when it was fully dry, it still has kink in the yarn. Is it less kinky? It is significantly less oh, kinky, okay. yes. Okay. I mean, it went from incredibly kinky to just a little bit. Yeah. However, I'm wondering, should I go through the soak and dry with weight process again, or should I go ahead and knit with it in the texture it is now? I should probably show you. I'll yeah, show you a I picture think, on Ravelry, but well, I think it depends if it's bad. You can always try knitting a swatch and see if it looks funky. But I, the Cascade Two Twenty that I recently repurposed, after one washing, it definitely did not have the kinky texture. But I think I would 
maybe say it had a little bit of a wave to it. Okay. I'm laughing because I'm she's making, using her hands waving to make a wave hands shape. with my <laughs> waving motions with my hands. Slightly had, Egyptian like. <laughs> had a little bit of a, a wave to it, but it definitely wasn't kinky. And it didn't detract from anything when I was knitting it. In fact, probably once I took this the hanks and wound it into a ball, it probably went away almost. Okay, because mine is still hanging from around a hanger in the hank shape. It's not, I did not wind it into yeah, a ball try yet. Yeah, winding it into a ball and see how it reacts to that. Just make sure it's not super tight. You okay. don't want it tight, tight, tight. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm considering casting on for the Fabergé shawl, which is a new pattern on Ravelry by Laura Ayler. She gifted the pattern to me because I was planning to test knit for her, and they didn't by the deadline, and I feel horrible accepting a pattern, (laughs) but she said I could still have it. And it's a two-color shawl with beadwork, and I want to use that air light in charcoal with tarts. Oh, it's really pretty. If you haven't seen the pattern yet on Ravelry, I highly recommend you check it out. It's really really pretty yeah it's very unique i remember looking at it but i didn't realize it had beads yeah it has like an overlay section where it almost looks like the overlay color is making x's over the background color and there are beads in the center of each of those x's Mm. and then the border of it is a ruffle so it's very pretty yeah So I hopefully by the next episode will have cast on for that so I can let you know, one, what I think of the shawl, and two, how my repurposed yarn worked. Because I don't think I'll soak it again then. I think I'll just wind it into a ball. Yeah, I don't think you need to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and I need to swatch the techniques for that shawl. She recommends that you swatch using all the techniques, and she actually has swatching instructions before you cast on for the whole shawl. So one, you can see how the colors work together. And two, you get a sense of how to do the techniques before you knit the whole shawl. Right. So I will be able to then you can test. See how the yarn yeah, looks. exactly. See yeah. how the yarn looks before yeah. I do the whole sweater. Yeah. And also to make sure I have enough of that yarn right. before I start knitting. <laughs> I mean, the shawl before I start knitting the shawl. So great. So hopefully that answered everyone's questions on repurposing and reusing yarn. If you do give it a try, please let us know in the Ravelry group, the Yarniacs podcast group. We'd love to hear how your repurposing worked, hopefully your success stories. And regarding our Ravelry group, as of before we recorded, I Mm -hmm. think we had 248 members. Mm -hmm. We are so so. pleased. And every time we have like a a milestone (laughs) number of members, Charlene and I do a little happy dance. So thank you very much to everyone who, one, has joined the Ravelry group and or two, has friended us on Ravelry. And for all the great feedback, there are, a number of really, really nice reviews on iTunes, I, which I wasn't expecting, and I'm so thrilled. I'm really and lots happy of star rating too. I know it's so fun. <laughs> Thank you are all so very kind. much. And I think that's it for today. I then. think that is it for today. Okay, thank you so much for listening. Happy knitting, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye bye. You can find us on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at Yarniacs. We have a growing Ravelry group and you can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs. Goodbye and good knits!